All right, let's um, turn to Isaiah chapter 42. Isaiah 42, and start reading from verse 1. Isaiah 42 and verse 1. So it says, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my elect, in whom my soul delighteth. It says, I have put my spirit upon him, and he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. So he won't be loud about it. A bruised reed shall he not break. He'll be sensitive to people. A smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. Verse 4. He shall not fail, nor be discouraged, till he has set judgment in the earth, and the earth shall wait for his law. So he shall not, it says this, fail, nor be discouraged, until he has set judgment in the earth. Now, we've been speaking on the subject of receiving answers to our prayers, praying effectively, and we want to close out this series this morning. Right? So I just want to say some things I may not have said, and then go over some of the things that we had said in previous, um, in previous teachings there. And then uh, um, next time okay, we are going to have the service will be question and answer service, which means questions that you have as regards this series that we have taught. So it will be like a town hall meeting. All right, so we are dealing with, all right, receiving answers uh, to our prayers here. And in Isaiah 42, it speaks about the fact that this is a man that shall not be discouraged, neither shall the man fail until he has set judgment in the earth. So the judgment that he has received in answer to prayer, he shall not fail and he shall not be discouraged. So here we have a man that has made a woman a quality decision. This is a decision that has already been made as to how they are going to respond, not that they are going to be shocked or surprised by contradictory things, but they already know that winds will blow against them and they have decided that they are not going to fail, neither are they going to be discouraged, not just we won't fail, we are not going to be discouraged, that is our enthusiasm will not flag regardless of what happens, the level of energy we have in the pursuit of this thing will remain at worst constant, at best ever increasing. So we shall not fail nor be discouraged on a till they set judgment on the earth. If we look at that word fail, simply means they shall not give up, all right, until they set judgment on the earth. And so failure is because people give up, all right, in the pursuit of something. Now, when we say give up, all right, the alternative there, people that don't give up, don't just blindly pursue something, 
But they understand that the journey, all right, will bring about adjustment. And so they know that they will make adjustment in the pursuit of that particular thing. And once they make the adjustments there, that they will eventually get there. So, this person has made up their mind, and we have to obey in that state of mind, where failure as a possibility we understand does not exist. Uh, we go out quietly and calmly, all right, in order to succeed. So here is someone that says their voice will not be heard in the streets. They're not going to be loud about this. They're going to quietly and calmly practice the powerful principles that doesn't require, all right, noise-making in order and eventually get the result. Uh, they understand that uh, smoking flags, the Muslim quench, will see this, the way they treat people and interact and very sensitive to what is going on in the lives of other people and interact correctly with them. Uh, they know how that works out, all right, in the dynamics of this particular thing. So it starts with a decision here. In other words, I put my foot into the ground. Before anything arises, I have already made up my mind that I'm not going to allow myself to be discouraged when something happens that should discourage, all right, I'm going to fight back. And that is really the secret to success. That is, is the measure of fight that is inside of the person. It is not, as they say, the size of the dog that is in the fight, but it's the size of the fight that is actually in the dog. Paul said, you shall reap, continue in well-doing. All right, you shall reap. It says, if you faint not. So if you find the right set of things to do and you start doing them, he said, we don't guarantee that the results will come immediately. But once there is patience, continuance in the pursuit of that particular thing, you will eventually get the results if you faint not. How many people have fainted, all right, with their answers so close, all right, to them? So I want to look at this here. So we said the first thing here about praying, and I'm just going to go over this, is when you find yourself in any situation, all right, it is important to go into quietness and stillness in worship. And what you are doing there is you worship God, that he is omnipresent and all right, uh, he's all-powerful and all-knowing, and that before there's any temptation, God has already prepared a way of escape. So you are there in that context worshiping the great God. That is, and then you ask him, which is the next thing, uh, to show you what he has on his heart for that particular thing. Now, revelation comes in answer to prayer. In other words, the definition of the word revelation means that a person decided to show you what you could not see, all right, independent of him. So it is hidden by that person. And it's only that person that knows. But once he unveils it, 
it becomes obvious, it becomes simple, and becomes very clear. But it cannot be found by just human search without, all right, God choosing to reveal that particular thing. Uh, in the book of Romans, it says, the, the, in, in, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed. But then it goes on a little further and says, that which may be known of God, it says, uh, the wrath of God comes upon all men that hold the truth in unrighteousness. And then it goes on and says, because when they knew God, they glorified him not at God, neither were they thankful, but became vain. It says, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God showed it to them. Then it says, for the invisible things of him are clearly seen. In other words, it talks about two types of knowledge. There is knowledge that we find in creation that is not concealed. This knowledge, it says, the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. It's not concealed. It doesn't require the action of the Holy Spirit in answer to prayer for a person to discover the laws of science. That's what he's saying here. But in order to have a revelation of the redemptive work of Christ, it says the Holy Spirit must unveil that. And so this can come by search that comes in answer to prayer, which means God opened it up. So if you pray and ask him, I cannot see what is on your mind and what is in the scripture for this situation without you opening it up and in reverence you ask him and you open the Bible, immediately you begin to see scriptures that communicate what God intends to do. The nature of revelation is that it demands, all right, it is the glory of God to conceal it. It demands that you ask God to open your eyes to see it or else it will never be found. It is not like scientific knowledge Scientific knowledge comes from God, but the way God has done it is that it's manifest there while this one remains concealed. So a person can be very knowledgeable in science and very solid intellectually, but miss out on the salvation of Christ. And it's a, versus a very solid intellectual and, and can talk about science, all right, which is really coming from the mind of God also. But when it comes to the gospel and the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, so it doesn't make sense to that person because that kind of knowledge, it comes through what is called revelation, which is what Jesus called, it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom to them that are without, these things are done in parables. So they can understand science, but they may not be able to get, all right, revelation. So you have to, all right, ask God. But both knowledge come from God, all right. One, all right, is heat, is embedded in creation. The other, all right, comes by the Holy Spirit revealing, all right, that honor to you. So you ask him to do that. And once you pray, all right, and worship there, God will show you that particular thing. Now, without this encounter, what people are doing is hoping that something will happen, but they don't have any certainty inside their heart. Uh, the fact that you know that somebody is capable of doing something, and you know, which means he has the resources, and you know that he's kind-hearted, all right, gives you, no, gives you hope that he will help you, but doesn't give you a guarantee that he is going to help you. The only way you get that guarantee 
is that you go up to that person and you know this person is a person of character who will swear to his own heart and change not. And then that person gives you his word that tomorrow morning I will make available to you this particular thing. And then you now have a guarantee. And this is why, because people don't have this kind of encounter with God, all right, then we begin to teach, don't be double-minded. But you see, if this is the foundation of it all, if there is not that personal encounter with God where he showed you something, then every other part of this principle becomes a struggle. I mean, if you knew that somebody was the wealthiest man in the city and you needed, let's say, 200,000 naira, and you went to meet him and you asked him, all right, for 200,000, and he said, no problem, you can come in, all right, tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., you'll have the 200,000. The minute you hear him say that, you're not going to ask anybody again. You are going to have no alternatives because you know that a man with capacity, all right, capability there has given you his word concerning it. You are not going to live there and then go and start looking for other people. Please, can you give me, you know that I have gotten it because a man who is able has committed himself to doing that. Now, it's when we don't have that kind of commitment which comes through revelation, all right, comes through revelation, which means God opens the eyes of that person to see something there, and it's not difficult, but it requires prayer and reverence that I cannot see this thing except you open up my eyes. That's why Paul prayed that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Except it is given, it cannot be discovered. And once you pray that way, then God shows you, and then you have the foundation, all right, for negotiation there. So we said you have that foundation there, all right, to spend time with it so that it takes root inside your heart because you are going to use it as a two-edged sword, all right, against the forces of darkness when they come to cause you to doubt what God has said in his word. So you spend time with it, you get a personal revelation there, something God shows you that you see by yourself, all right, that even no pastor has taught you you didn't read it in any book. God opened your eyes to see it. Now, it could be a confirmation of something you read. It could be a confirmation of something there, all right? But God showed you a scripture there, right, that uh, ministered to you as a person that you have this. So that's the foundation for every other thing. Uh, Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father who is in heaven. And Jesus was the best teacher, and he was teaching them, and said, who do you say that I am? And then everybody was saying, saying stuff, what men say. And then Peter said, you are Christ, which means I've discovered something. And he said, flesh and blood, which means did not come by you searching. He says, but my Father has opened your eyes to see this. He said, upon this rock, this encounter, Will I build my church and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it? So in warfare, you win if you have revelation. So please take time. It doesn't take long. Worship and prayer. Ask him from your heart that once I see it, it is a done deal. Right? I remember once somebody walked up to me after a service and he said to me, he said, and I understood what he was saying. He said, this was maybe about 11 years ago. He said, Pastor, you know what? He said, my dreams has never, it has never been that it did not happen. He said, I saw blood. 
And what he showed me was death. What he was saying was death. So usually I'm not going to say you're dreamt and all of that. So I just let go of the thing. But when I got home, I, I, it, I was disturbed. So I knew there was something in this. So I went into the scriptures and said, God, show me something. And then I got to Isaiah 29 and the scripture went, or I think it's Isaiah 29, that says, it shall be as a man eateth in his sleep and wakes up hungry, all right, and drinks in his sleep and wakes up thirsty, so shall it be. So I said, well, I got a personal revelation that what you dreamt will never materialize. I was fine. Are you following what I'm saying here? But I could just have discarded it, but I now had a personal revelation. Now, if I read that scripture again today, it doesn't say that thing to me. Do you get what I'm saying here? All right? But I don't even know how he said it to me then. It shall be even as a hungry man dreameth, and behold, he eateth, but waketh, his soul is empty, and a thirsty man dreameth, and behold, he drinketh, behold, he is faint, and his soul, so shall the multitude of the nations be that fight against Mount Zion. The thing broke. I knew I got the revelation there. Nobody taught that to me. I saw it, all right, inside my heart, and I knew I had it there. So, once you have that, all right, then you ask, we said, in very specific terms, all right, for that particular thing. So, you pray and ask God in specific terms, which means this is what I am asking for. And you ask in the name of Jesus Christ. And then we said, from that moment on, believe that you have received that particular thing. Believe inside your heart. You can't see it, but believe that you have received it. Because the minute you pray and ask in the name of Jesus, it is dispatched to you. Angels are responsible for bringing that answer to your doorstep. And I want to get there today, how they come to your doorstep and bring the answer to you. We said it's like you ordering, let's say, a car, all right? And you order a car, and let's say the car is in Japan, and you order it, right? From the moment you released money and the transaction was done, and then they told you the car is on the way, which means it has been released. You can no longer hold them responsible, all right, for breaking the contract because they have released according to the payments that has been made. Now, there is a vehicle, all right, that is bringing that car, which is a ship, right to you that might take three weeks to get to you. But from the point where the car has been released, you now take ownership of that car. When we say ownership of that car, it means that if you are driving on the road and you see that type of car, you're talking with a friend, what you're going to say is, you know, that is the car that I just got, all right? You don't yet have possession of it, but you take mental ownership of it. You say, that is the car that I just got, all right, there, okay? That is the car that I just got. That is the car that I just got. Now, God is not the variable in answer to prayer. God is the same. All right, you pray in the name of Jesus according to his will, he releases it. Now, the ship bringing it can go through storms, can go through various things. So the angels are bringing it to you. And we say there is a way in which you conduct yourself in order for there to be safe delivery. Uh, the scripture says a man who is double-minded, all right, that man will not be able to receive that particular thing from God. So there are certain things, and this is what we talked about. So we said every morning, all right, after that particular point in time, you go to God in prayer, and what you do is you thank him in the name of Jesus for hearing and answering your prayer. All right, thank him. This is the confidence that we have in him. 
If we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Right? So you thank him for it, and you praise and worship him. All right? Concerning that. Now, God just dropped something in my heart. Therefore, what we really should understand, all right, are the things that will bring about a greater angelic activity or successful angelic activity there, all right, in bringing the answer to your doorstep. What are the things that could cause them to be hindered? And what are the things, all right, that facilitate, all right, their movement towards you? So we said, number one, make sure that every thought and every desire you have affirms. Take ownership of it. Never permit a mental picture. The same way you will not permit a mental picture if you have paid for a car, never permit a mental picture of failure to rest in your mind. All right? Never permit it. The real key to your success lies in this. Your ability to fight back instead of getting discouraged. Let me repeat. Your ability to get up on the inside of yourself and find strength within you to push back when the enemy does something that contradicts the fact that you have heard and uh, God has heard and answered that prayer. So you fight back then. All right? Never allow it. Okay? And this is done by constantly declaring that God has heard and answered your prayer, stating what he showed you. So every statement you make from that point should be a statement of faith. All right? Everything you do should be a statement of faith that I have received this particular thing. Also, let me mention it's, 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 it's powerful for you to have images of that particular thing which means things that represent it to you, all right? It might be in a coded form if you don't want people to know, all right? But have it in the places where you spend most of your time. In other words, most of my own time now I spent in my study inside my house. I rarely go to the office now, all right? I just go maybe one hour a day or two hours. So I have right in front of it, and I sat down on my desk, and I looked at where my eyes will go to, first of all, when I'm seated, and I put, all right, the images of the things I'm believing God for right there, all right? Because we said your thought life is controlled by observation, what you see, association, and also by the teaching that you expose yourself to. So keep images right there. If your laptop is where, you know, on the office, that's where you look at the most, then have it. If you don't want people to know what it is, then find an image that communicates that answer to you, but is coded from other people. Now, the reason is this. It is important, and if we look at the nature of God, he hides things until the time where he wants it to be fulfilled. So please, announcing what you are believing God for to the world is not really a, a statement of faith. Jesus did not tell anybody he was the son of God, but manifested it. Esther kept her identity. You, you plant a seed into the ground. The fact that people don't know the seed is there, and they walk over it every day with no recognition of that particular thing inside, will not stop that thing from growing. All right? So you hide it inside your heart. 
until the time because the more negative people know about it and think negatively towards you concerning that thing, the more you increase your warfare in the realm of the spirit. Are you following what I'm saying here? The more people particularly around you know and they think in negative terms towards you that this thing cannot happen, all right, the more you increase your warfare there. Now you can do it and win, but you increase, all right, the warfare in the realm of the spirit. We said this about Jesus when he was surrounded with negative people who kept looking at him in the context of who he was when he was a child and not who he was at that point. He could do no mighty works because of the environment in which he found himself. Thank you for listening.